Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good afternoon and good evening and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive Podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you, as always, wonderful listener for joining us on today's podcast. And it is a flexible, working, focused podcast. Now, I've got a partner in crime, as always, who's joining me today, Mr. Horton. Chris Horton, how are you doing? Hi, Chris Howard. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Looking forward to Christmas. The two Chris's looking forward to Christmas. Could we get a Chris in any more, any more possibly more than that? Now, you and I had a brief chat. I'm just going to bring our guest in 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 a second. But you and I had a brief chat a few weeks ago now because we've obviously been running our One Big Thing campaign. Three of the key areas that 30 of our CPOs that we spoke to came back to us and said were, you know, key things that are keeping them up at night, that their focus is over the next 12 to 18 months, one of which was talent. And in the month of December, of course, we did the whole talent piece. We've run an event. We've run a couple of podcasts. We've had a few blogs just talking around some of the challenges, things like internal mobility and things like that, which has gone really, really well. But you came to me and had a chat with me a few weeks ago and said, actually, I've got a really good, passionate person to come on and talk about flexible working, because, of course, that's something that we're going to direct some attention towards in the new year as well. Or by the time that people are listening to this, we are already in the new year. So happy new year to those people that are listening to this. We are still this side of Christmas as we do it. But Chris, flexible working, one of our big focuses and quite excited to talk about that today, aren't we? Absolutely, Chris. So I, I think obviously throughout the pandemic, one of the key challenges was making sure that people could stay working. And, and to do that, we all had to work from home or other locations unless we were in a particular industry that required us to be in at work. I think those challenges or and some of those opportunities still exist. So I think it, it's fantastic to have Olga Needham from Tokyo Electron on with us today. She has absolutely lived through both the, the pandemic and the, and the ongoing challenges. And I think it will be super helpful to get some insights from her as to, you know, what are the key challenges and what are the key things that that they that she's um been able to to bring to life yeah definitely so let's should we introduce her rather than you and i just talking well, poor olga sat there saying can you please introduce me um, <laughs> olga it's lovely to have you on the show Yes, good, good afternoon, everyone. Yes, and I'm very glad to be here. So as you mentioned, I'm Olga Needham, and currently I'm Senior HR Director and the Head of HR for Europe in Tokyo Electron Company. So previously I worked for more than 20 years in automotive industry, and my main career development happened in Nissan Manufacturing through Europe as well. And then it was Africa, Middle East, India, and Europe, and Oceania. So flexible working, we had it before pandemic in some uh, some countries. We obviously lived all of us through pandemic and it's here to stay. Fantastic. And it's, it's really lovely to have you with us today, Olga. If you look at both, whether it was in you know previous companies like Nissan or to today with Tokyo Electron, did both of those companies have really clear flexible working policies or flexible working slash hybrid working policies? Yes. 
Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, so when I've been working at Nissan, so we had a flexible working policy existing in all offices, but it was less to the extent hybrid because before pandemic, it was less focused on it. The option existed, but it was not expelled out uh, in the full strength, if I would say so. Then mm-hmm. pandemic came across and obviously we all learned that we can work from home like within a couple of weeks and also realized that the job can be done when you're working from home and then within two years I believe it was an understanding that it's here to stay and the company started to adapt Uh, like in Tokyo Electron originally it was a trial policy which we just going through the approval process to to continue it on uh, on the continuous base And and if you look at different companies so there's extremes like Twitter and Elon Musk who've you know demanded that everyone comes back into work and and this is the only way to go what's your view on on that Olga do you think do you think there's a a need to push people to come back into work more or do you think it's actually flexible working is 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 actually working and people can you know choose to work from wherever yeah. they are Obviously, Elon uh, email been all over LinkedIn and uh, yeah. passed to organizations and everything. It was another funny picture today on the LinkedIn. I saw it was Rudolf coming to Father Christmas and uh, the rest of the reindeer sitting and they saying, oh, they're asking to work from home. <laughs> that was it, it, so it made my day today. Yeah. yeah. So, it's a, but it's a good cartoon. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great picture to illustrate the conversation. So, my take on it. So regardless what some of the executive or some of the management may think for their companies, I do not believe it is uh, possible or anyhow reasonable to drag people back to the offices because I do not believe it's necessary. I think it's uh, also supporting the big environmental agenda, which many companies are less driving, less flying, whatever. Uh, so for the green planet, I think there are a number of positives, plus the people mindset has shifted over two years of pandemic. So I do not believe it's even possible to say everybody back 100%. Of course, some organization will try and people will just choose. And with the existing war of talent, I don't think it would be wise at told to do so yeah it's an interesting one isn't it and there's always such nuances depending on industry sector the type of culture of the business the company itself you know it's not it's not just a simplified kind of this is the way that it is now for everyone it's not a one size fits all just linked to that we've been talking quite a lot at the time of us recording we've been talking quite a lot about this new government policy that's come in on uh, in the UK on flexible working and the right to request flexible working from day one. That's legislation which is almost hot off the press in December. Came I think there was beginning of December mm-hmm. the, the government put out the, the statement. I just wanted to get your take on that, Olga. Like what's your view when you when you read that the government were trying to to bring this in, this everyone has the right to request flexible working from day one? Because I think it's interesting because it isn't simple, but you've got people the likes of James Dyson, who was writing in the Times as soon as that was announced, saying this is a terrible thing. You've got other businesses saying this is fantastic. You've got employee groups saying, you know, this is really, really good to give that freedom. But just from your perspective, I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, yeah. uh, that kind of that that legislation that that is being uh, being trying to be pushed through. 
Look, I think it's a great step forward, yeah, so to support the initiatives which companies are having. And uh, I think in your question, uh, you basically put an answer, one size does not fit all. I think it should, first of all, it should be given to the employees uh, from day one, because, but with the organization looking through the process, what's the best way to onboard people? Because you need to consider the right experience employees who know each other, who are comfortable to work from home. We will have a newcomer. And we will need to ensure that we provide the right onboarding and we ensure that the person settle well in the organization. And this should be the focus, not the question where it's right or wrong. It is here to stay. We need just to ensure how we work with it. And if it is from day one, what's the onboarding? What's the line manager's train? How to support the newcomers through this process? So... So Olga, you've you've shared, and and you know, I think it, it's it's fairly consistent that you're saying, you know, it, it's situational, but in general, you have a, you know, you you have support for for flexible working. Yep. Um, what are what are some of the challenges? So over over the pandemic, or even you know, moving forward, what are some of the challenges that you've seen with flexible working? So even though it's a good idea, and and we're all you know agreeing that that it makes sense to to discuss it on an individual basis, what are some of the challenges that that either you you yourself have had to overcome, or you've seen you know with with other teams struggling to 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 overcome those challenges? So the the few, maybe there are few to mention and just also maybe it's good to bring to the discussion when I was in Japan two or three mm-hmm. weeks ago. On the way there, on the plane, I met Linda Gratton, who was my professor in London Business School okay. before, exactly on the redesigning the future office. And yeah. uh, I, I was uh, honored to be invited on the workshop, which Linda holds uh, in Tokyo. It's Fuji, uh, Fujitsu Company uh, headquarters. And it was discussed. It was about 20 different companies and the challenges were exactly discussed. This is where I'm going to. So there are a few. So first of all, how to ensure sure that there is transparent and fair approach because as you can imagine organization having manufacturing on as a part of their workforce uh, manufacturing you cannot produce a car in your living room yes yeah? so people will need to go back to every day we have shift workers who are supporting as a service maintenance which always will be but it is part of their job description it is what they signed for and this is the challenge for organization how to manage this communication how to ensure that it is understood that it is one size does not fit all. We are different and the job is different. This is the number one. Number Mm -hmm. two is how to ensure we equip and support and educate, train, whatever the right word to put both employees uh, for the remote working and line managers for the remote management because it is not the same. When you meet person in the office, you can read the body language where the person came to the office happy and happy. You can read it through by seeing person. Yeah. So when you're not in the office and you just talk to the person, it is becoming more challenging to understand what's happening in the personal life and uh, line manager need to put more efforts in order to understand and to get out and to sense on the early stage if something is going wrong. And this is where HR and organization and the learning and development function should come along in order to help both employees and line managers. So I believe 
maybe this is the two main one, because at Tokyo Electron, we did a survey after six months of the trial policy, and it was uh, nobody who wanted to work from home five days, which was quite interesting fact. Mm-hmm. So there were very less than 5% people who wanted to come back themselves to office for five days, and majority were in between, you know, so it's not right, right on left, it's in the middle, and people wanted the flexibility being on the discussion between line manager and the employee. So what's the best for the team? What's the best form for the job to be done? And this is what I hear through all discussion, and I participate in quite a lot of the focus group. I mentioned already workshop in Tokyo. I'm at the moment going through my networking in the semiconductor industry because it's a new industry for me, meeting with my colleagues uh, from other companies, and they all saying the same. So it's flexible, and it is how to, to develop and equip both employees and line managers. Yeah. And we, and and with with the groups that have to for example, you know, turn up to the factories or have to be located in in specific locations, are there things that you're looking at to give them a bit more flexibility or is that just a given that that you know the the job is a certain thing, there's a certain requirement because you're manufacturing something or you you're providing a service, therefore you need to be in the location or are there different things that you're looking at in that space as well, Olga? Look, uh, so just coming back on my manufacturing background first, yeah, yeah. hybrid working, it's, uh, I believe it's nicely blended or should be blended with the flexible working. Yeah. And flexible work, and it's not just location, yes? So it can be different shift patterns, early start, early finish, compressed hours, so whatever it possible, depending on the on the industry, on the exactly what's company and what people are doing. Uh, so in our case, we have a service people who go to the customer premises and support the equipment, maintenance of equipment. And it is a complicated process to review what can be done differently. But I believe as as soon as organization goes goes through the process and review and discuss with people back that we reviewed, this is the shift part and this is how it can change. As soon as we're honest with ourselves that we did this part of job and we transparently communicated to the employees, then I think it will work well. Yeah, it's in, it's, this, this is really interesting. And just as I was listening to you talking there, Olga, and, and talking about like, the decision making that needed to happen when you're looking at people wanting to come back into the office, into the office, or, or needing to come back, and things like that. I was thinking about cultures and how valuable and important it is for businesses to have the right type of culture that will embrace this kind of mindset. What was the kind of what was the leadership approach from from your perspective, and how you guys? embraced that kind of flexible the flexible working or the hybrid working within your teams did you do you guys find did you guys find it quite naturally easy because of course you've been doing this for for quite some time look there executive leadership in the region were supportive straight away. And then when we were looking at the making trial policy to become it as a continuous and permanent uh, arrangements, what we discuss is let's ask people. Yes? So of course, it's good for each other to propose leadership team saying yes or no. And when we did the survey, survey was consisted of two parts. We had, we asked employees and then line managers had additional few questions. And the interesting fact that nobody from the line manager said that I want my team back 100% of the time. Zero. 
nobody, literally, everybody agreed that certain degree of flexibility should be there. Then it was a difference of opinion. Somebody wants two days in the office, somebody wants three days in the office, but this is just a minor deviation. So the good thing is that at the middle management, it was confirmed that the teams can work hybrid working from outside of the office here and that they can deliver the results. So it was overall more than 80% plus support from the middle management. That's that's really strong because I've seen, for example, surveys from Microsoft did a big survey of you know over twenty thousand people and and had slightly different views, almost a paradox of productivity between you know managers thinking people aren't as productive at home and and employees thinking. So that that's some really great statistics to look at, Olga. So thank you for sharing them. Can I check? So there's been a a recent move across parts of Europe and definitely in the UK to look at four day work working week. So to be more flexible in that sense, what what do you think of that? And, and would you ever consider getting involved in that kind of so it program. will be it will be it will be our uh, our next step to look at uh, as a as an overall flexible arrangements because I think everything I believe we need to be step by step here so not too many dramatic changes at the same time so again one size does not fit all some people can do compressed week some people can't and you cannot say for sure that it suits the whole industry or it suits the whole company and it all depends on the individual and particular role if I take myself, can I do compressed hours? Maybe for the short period of time, but definitely not on their permanent way, because as soon as our customers will work five days and our engineers will go to support our customers. So then HR will need to be present to a certain extent. Then I myself also need to will be present as a head of HR. Again, I can do it some part of the time, but potentially not 100% of the time myself. But it should be reviewed for the individual and for them, for the particular job role. Just maybe coming back about one size does not fit all. So my husband, who is working for Nissan, continues to work for Nissan, so he prefers to go to office. Of course, he enjoys the flexibility when it's needed and possible, but he likes more to go to the office where I feel absolutely comfortable doing either because I'm looking after nine countries in Europe and eight hours out of nine. So I still speak to people on Teams. So whether I do it from home or I do it from office, it doesn't really matter for, for them as my internal customers. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes makes sense. And I, I think, you know, I think a very strong point from this whole discussion is it's actually you know, individuals in companies. So it's both the individual situation that people have, plus also the individual job that they have and pulling that together and having the discussion. But then I also think, you know, having a, a regular feedback loop so that, that, you know, everyone's checking in, that it's working, that it makes sense from a business perspective, that it makes sense from an individual perspective. I'm interested, Olga, if you've tried any other initiatives that either didn't work or are maybe a bit more innovative or out there? So just interested in, in your experience if, if anything was trialed but wasn't as successful and, and therefore you decided not to, um, not to proceed. 
it was nothing which was not successful. To be very fair, in Tokyo Electron, I'm here just finishing my fourth month on board. Yeah. So I, I simply had no time to try uh, before. So in my past experience, I do not, I cannot recollect something was not successful. Yeah, it may took a little bit a while to talk to the leadership to go through, mm-hmm. but overall, all initiatives proposed was taken uh, taken because it, it was the pretty standard here. Yeah, you review the working hours, so the early start. So in UK, so the previous organizations, though there are like shorter lunch time, so you can finish early on Friday. So, but uh, it, it, it's not dramatic. It's not like ultra new. So it uh, it was more normal business for us and co- common sense proposal. And if you think about flexible and hybrid working in relation to, for example, you know, as part of the one big thing research that we've done, everyone is concerned about, you know, talent and talent attraction, for example. Do you think recruiting people virtually and, and doing things in a more flexible and, and hybrid way is harder at times or, or do you think it's oh, going to be soon? It, it's one of the first questions from the candidates at this moment, yes. So one of the first questions they ask, do you offer hybrid working? Can I work mm-hmm. from home? How many days can I work from home? Moreover, we had, we've seen already a couple of resignations where they were saying, in my new company, I can work from anywhere in the world. I'm still a, a bit surprised how the new company is going to organize it because I think what potentially holding us back from this is the changes on the tax legislation across across the globe. So how company going to overcome it? Of course, there are companies like Global Service and and, and so on offering to recruit for your employees uh, across the globe. But I believe this this need to be looked by by the governments and to ensure that the tax legislation is followed and we can become truly global organization recruiting people regardless where their home is to work to support uh, whatever industry. Yeah, it's interesting. We've had a couple of podcasts, pay- payroll podcasts, actually, where there has been some some horror stories that I've heard where people have just, during the pandemic, just moved to another country, didn't tell anybody, and then just found, and then just, when, when, it, when it transpires, they've been living in that country for six months, nine months, or whatever it is, just said, oh, I didn't think it was an issue because I'm hybrid working. And it's like, well, there's, there's, there's a quite a lot of issue around the tax implications and things like that, as you've mentioned. I won't we won't dwell on that too much. I just wanted to get your view, actually, just as you were talking about those demands from candidates. I wonder, I'll ask both of you guys this question, but maybe start with uh, with Olga. Do you think it's a generational thing? And as more of more people enter into the workforce, for that, like Gen Z entering into the workforce, those demands and those pressures from businesses uh, to, to adopt these kind of hybrid working, flexible working conditions is just going to intensify. And then how does that impact organizations that can't simply just say, yes, we'll offer flexible working. I believe the request, our question come across all generations. So I don't have any statistics in my head as we speak, but I have not noticed from what, from the recruitment recent campaigns we had that it's coming more from the millennials or younger generations compared to the mid-career highs. 
So people across all ages asking the similar question. And again, it all depends on their where people are in their careers because some people have maybe have younger families, regardless mm-hmm. how old they are, they want to have this flexibility to support the childcare arrangements. Some people even been mature in their career development. They decided to that their career is their main goal in their life and they do not have these challenges and they may be less uh, pressure some question about, about it. So it's, I do not think it's a pure generational thing. I think it's more lifestyle where you are in your in your life journey. So, so I would absolutely uh, agree with Olga. I think typically, Chris, what you'll find is the reasons why, you know, the younger generations want flexible hybrid working will be different to, you know, the situation that, that people yeah. progress through life and their careers. I think it's interesting, you know, there's people who are caring for other people. There's people with bigger family. You know, there's there's people with different requirements from picking kids up or or doing, a, you know, a multitude of different things. So I think, I think the consistent message is people want flexible and hybrid working to stay and, you know, are really focused on it as an item that attracts them to a company. And then I think, you know, to to lots of Olga's points, it's really how each company manages that on an individual basis between line manager and employee and then does a different range of things to, to, to try and make that all work to the best of, of people's abilities. I think the key that I've seen that where companies seem to be doing this better is when they put some kind of feedback loop in so you know either through surveys or through interviews or however the the company chooses to do it that it's really taking a temperature check and making sure that people have a voice to say you know this is working well this isn't working well and and to almost you know keep shaping that 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 flexible hybrid working journey as as it progresses Mm, it's an interesting one. So we are coming towards the end of today's podcast. I have one more question I'm going to ask. It's my sort of what does the future look like question. But Chris, any more from you just before I ask my my crystal ball question? It's a rare thing, Chris Howard, but I think I've run out of words. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. So Olga, just before we wrap up, wrap up today, if we're doing this podcast in two years' time, what do you think the conversation is going to be? What's going to be different about the conversation that we're having? And I'm very conscious that two years ago was 2020, and so the life was the world was very different. And already, even now, post-pandemic, two years later, it feels very, very different. The conversations that we're having about it, uh, about things like flexible hybrid working is very different. So just from your perspective, how do you think the world has evolved from a flexible working perspective? I hope we will, all of us, we will move towards the global workforce and with support with the tax legislation changes, we really will be starting to recruit people from anywhere in the world. Uh, so, and of course, the workforce and the type of work should change more to the project, project and then, but I really want to see us be more inclusive for the workforce being located wherever it suits them and they can do the best and we can find the best talent anywhere on the planet. And what a lovely way to wrap up today's podcast. Olga, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting. And Chris, as always, my partner in crime, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris Howard. A pleasure.
course, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can see our whole back catalogue of podcasts as well on the Lace Partners website, uh, lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed it. Happy New Year to those people listening in at the time of which this recording goes out. We hope you've had, you're having a good one already. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive Podcast. Bye-bye.